Did you know that 85% of your engine wear occurs at startup? Yes, that is correct. And this is where lower the friction comes in by putting a protective lubricating barrier on all moving parts. This now gives you full-time protection to make your engine last longer, run smoother, give you better performance, and improved fuel economy. People across the country are reporting some very exciting results. Go to LowerTheFriction.com, place your order, and enter in promo code SOS to get 5% off of your order. That's LowerTheFriction.com. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the now, hopefully, weekly Secrets of Saturn live stream. We are back. It's only been, what, three weeks? I am Jason Lindgren, your host, and this week I have Wayne McCroy, the Great Baldini, and Crow Triple Seven joining me. And we are going to discuss the Dark Winter Bioterrorism document that I have already linked in the chat rooms in DLive and on YouTube. But uh, anyway, guys, anybody want to say anything to get us started off here before we start reading? Yurt. It's going to be a dark winter. That's what Biden said. <laughs> Expect a dark winter. It's going to be the thing. <laughs> remember, remember the 5th of November. You know, someone That's just tomorrow. posted. Yeah, somebody just posted that in V for Vendetta, apparently the fake media reel was running a fake pandemic and the year was cited to be 2020. I don't know if anyone's confirmed <laughs> that, but. People have already been sending me, so that's why I keep saying, remember the 5th of November. Oh, yeah, there's big things on the horizon for us right now, uh, you know, especially uh, when you take into consideration that Joe Biden made reference to the term dark winter specifically in uh, one of the uh, debates that they And then just backed up and said had. it again just to make sure that you didn't uh, miss yeah, it. Yeah, to make sure that whoever was paying attention didn't miss what he was referring to there. Yeah, he said specifically, you can expect a dark winter. Uh, and it was in uh, reference to the um, Cranani <clears throat> beer bug. Uh, and then mm. he paused and said, it will be a dark winter. Uh, and it, very, very creepy. I mean, if you if you were familiar with this exercise, uh, you couldn't miss it. Well, there's there's a thing we should buy. I'm just going over. I, I read this back in the day. Jason just sent it to me. So we're looking at the day. Oh, I'm sorry. This is it's the day after June 21, right? Um, am I losing my thread here? Solstice is June 21, right? Mm -hmm. Why am I spacing? Mm -hmm. So basically, the first day of the receding of the power of the sun, uh, receding of the length of a day would be June 22, which is also the master builder number, which is the cited date on this document, June 22, 23, 2001. And of course, we know what's going to happen in September of that year. Indeed. Go. All right, let me pull this document up. And so, we'll get so started. that you know, I'm sorry to keep keep going, but and when Biden's saying this, you know, we're going into the allegory for hell, which would be the sign of Capricorn, which is the dark winter, by the way. And since uh, the age we're going into, I suspect, is also ruled by Saturn. Um, it goes on and on all the references you could make from that statement. Oh, yeah, there's a there's a ton uh, just encoded in the whole idea of a quote unquote dark winter uh, in and of itself. I mean, if, if you're looking uh, from the astrological point of view, you referenced uh, Capricorn. Uh, that's the ram or the goat, correct? Well, the, I, I would I would draw a distinction between the ram idea and the goat. It's you could do it that way if you're playing flip side. Uh, but the ram is almost always going to be Aries in uh, in your head, 
in uh, March. March. Okay, so that's an interesting distinction there because we're going from now. Uh, you could go with the Ram idea and end uh, in March, the end of the dark winter, with the goat idea then. Yeah, cat. Uh, Capricorn could break down as the seed of the goat, right? Um, yeah, precisely. And Cap could also be the head, which is a bit unusual because Capricorn is actually the knees. Well, let's let's look at this, uh, you know, through the uh, the lens of a little bit of uh, mythology here as well. When you're thinking of the goat or uh, the ram, uh, you could think of Pan, the Greek god, right? Exactly. It's one to one, Wayne. So, one to one. So, uh, you know, what, what is this whole thing? It's a uh, pandemic. A, pan, a pandemic. <laughs> and uh, Crow and I had a discussion about this briefly the other day. Uh, the word demic, actually, uh, one transliteration of it translates uh, from the etymology as being broken or dysfunctional. And Pan is the god of nature. So you're talking about uh, breaking nature. That's what that's all encoding there. So they're trying to break the natural order. Uh, so that's that's kind of the intent that's behind this. And you could see that, uh, you know, that's one of the things just caught up in this whole idea of dark winter. So when they're referencing this, uh, they're trying to invoke all of these different uh, natural energies in a certain way. And it's a negative way. I mean, they're trying to use uh, winter, the power associated with winter, the, that energy uh, which has been allegorized as the hell idea uh, for the longest time. So that, that's what they're trying to invoke with this. So we, we need to be concerned and to take a look at, you know, this particular document right now to see what things we may be in store for this winter. Because, and I if mean, you they're say, trying to line it up one for one. If you say it's on, <clears throat> then you have pandemonic. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> If you go through this list of uh, all the things that uh, were the outcome, what happened in this tabletop event, uh, all of them but one have uh, occurred so far, uh, with the exception of the Dark Skies event. So that was on day four. So, yeah, as we follow this through, it's going to be um, fairly eye-opening, I think. All right, shall we get this document started? Let it roll. We have the Dark Winter Bioterrorism Exercise, Andrews Air Force Base, June 22nd to 23rd, 2001. Final script. Explanatory note to the exercise script. All right, do we need to go through this? Let's see. Uh, just as a little aside here, Jason, um, this document says property of Johns Hopkins Center for Civilian Biodefense, Center for Strategic and International Studies, Answer, and Memorial Institute for the Prevention of Terrorism. Another interesting uh, little thing people need to keep in mind here. Who's at the center of the whole corona thing going on right now? The CDC. whole uh, pandemic idea. CDC. Not just the CDC. The center for all of this has been Johns Hopkins. And, that's uh, that's and, uh, a, a key tie-in right there that people need to keep. And in the mind. World Economic Forum, just to right. put a fine point. Yeah, on because it. that yeah. that that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, the World Economic Forum and the World Bank—they always have their hands in everything too, you know, because banking at the center of it all. But Johns Hopkins, uh, there's something here. They're obviously a, a military subcontractor. They got uh, Department of Defense and DARPA contracts and s stuff of that nature as well. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of government monies going through Johns Hopkins, and this is also the uh, center place. Like, th this is the central hub 
for all of this corona stuff going on. Even though, you know, the CDC, the World Health Organization, all this information comes from Johns Hopkins. That's where they get most of their their data and stuff from. That's the ones that have been tracking this whole thing from the very beginning. So keep that in mind because they have their hands in this dark winter document as well. All right. So the introduction to the exercise, geopolitical context briefing. So what this is, this is the supposed setup of the situation in the world that's supposed to be taking place for this exercise. They're saying this is what's going on right now while these things unfold. So first we have the Taiwan-China tensions. Angry rhetoric between Taiwan and the People's Republic of China has reached an all-time high. One month ago, the PRC tested medium-range missiles along a flight path that passed through Taiwan's airspace. An outbreak of foot and mouth disease in Taiwan began about three weeks ago and is having a devastating impact on the local swine industry. Press reports have speculated that the current outbreak may have been deliberately introduced by the Chinese. China has denied these rumors. Taiwanese officials have compared this outbreak to the 1997 FMD epidemic that transformed Taiwan from an exporter to an importer of pork. As a result, China was able to capture the Pacific Rim pork market. Next, we have nuke and biosmuggling. Last month, Russian authorities, with support from the FBI, arrested Yusuf Abdul Aziz, a known operative in Al-Qaeda and a close personal friend and suspected senior lieutenant of Osama bin Laden. Yusuf was caught in a sting operation that had been developing during the last year. He was attempting to acquire 50 kilograms of plutonium, Marty, and was also attempting to arrange the purchase of several biological pathogens that had been weaponized by the Soviet Union. Suspected BW production, Iraq. Six months ago, the United States lifted sanctions against Iraq and ceased enforcement of the no-fly zones. Saddam has since pursued an aggressive effort to upgrade military forces and has imported equipment and materials that might be used to build chemical or biological weapons. The Al-Dara vaccine plant near Baghdad, closed by UN inspectors after the Gulf War, renewed full-scale production in 2001. The ostensible justification for this was the preparation of vaccines against foot and mouth disease. There are also reports that several top scientists from the former Soviet bioweapons program began working in Iraq and Iran a year ago. Then we have Southwest Asia. Two days ago, Iraqi forces in the south of Iraq moved into offensive positions along the Kuwaiti border. The Iraqi government denies any hostile intent and maintains that these troop movements are part of routine military exercises. Yesterday, Kuwait, the United Arab Emirates, and Bahrain requested deployment of U.S., British, and French forces to Southwest Asia to guard against possible attempts by Iraq to seize Kuwaiti oil fields. That sounds familiar. Russia and China oppose alloy deployment, and the United States has announced it is moving an aircraft carrier battle group to the Gulf. The United States' domestic conditions. The U.S. economy is in good shape. It has been especially in especially severe winter, and heating oil prices, especially in the Northeast, are high. Polls show a slim majority of Americans oppose a major deployment of U.S. troops to the Persian Gulf. Most Americans agree that Saddam's Iraqi regime represents a real threat to stability in the region and to American interests, and key information on U.S. oil imports being distributed. Okay, so if you kind of look at it as a video game, this is the situation, the scenario in which you will be playing in. Now. Oh boy, where do we begin in all of that? There's just so <laughs> many 
Like, like seriously, look at all the things that are being referenced in this document, uh, written and produced. This whole uh, scenario introduced pre nine eleven. Okay, look at all the things just you know outlined in this. this just this first introductory section of this exercise and, and all the other things that are kind of uh, encrypted and encoded in there. Like, uh, for instance, in the, the beginning part where it says Taiwan uh, and China tensions, it says one month ago, the PRC tested. There's a PRC, arrange that, rearrange that a little bit. That's a PCR test. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's in there. You can see all these that. things. Yeah. Swine industry. What are they talking about? Uh, you know, an, an outbreak. Uh, of foot and mouth disease for the swine industry. Uh, China has something to do with that. Uh, uh, they're talking about epidemics uh, coming from China and, you know, uh, as a result of coming from animals. And like, like you could see all these different crossovers to these different ideas. And of course, they got to get the, the whole Russian idea in there of, you know, Russian espionage and Russian meddling in things because, you know, that, that all goes with the whole playbook. You could, you could see all these things outlined in here, and it, it'll get more interesting as we go on, I'm sure. And those Game are just a couple throughout. things. Right? Yeah. And those, those are just a couple things that just really jump off the page at you as you're you're just reading through the introductory part here. Just those couple crossovers right there, those tie-ins with things that are going on now. Yeah, the big thing to keep in mind is this scenario being painted here is pre-9-11, although not by much. Yeah, very close. And they also, to, to put your um, acronym game in there a little further away, they note, they note the Strategic Petroleum Reserve several times. It's SPR. All you got to do is add the Q for, you know, Q for uh, SPQR, and that gives you Rome. Well, the other, yeah. the other thing I noticed, I did a quick look up on foot and mouth to see if it had a name, but what jumped out at me is, according to the CDC, who we all trust and love, uh, foot <laughs> and mouth disease clears itself up almost always in 10 days. Yeah, and it's not, so that's even not a big like deal. overly deadly or, you know, extreme kind of a disease. So why would they want to develop a vaccine for that? Like, there, there's no reason. All right, so what do we think here, gentlemen? Do we jump down to segment one, National Security Council meeting? Everybody dance. All right. Very nice. Despachito? What? What? Yeah, I'd skip to I'd skip to segment one. Okay, um, so December 9th, 2002, the National Security Council meeting. Well... Again, this is pre-9-11, so they're not going to talk about that. Memo given to the President, National Security Advisor, Secretary of HHS, FEMA Director, 7 p.m. It's nice and ominous. The Deputies Committee recommends focusing meeting and decision-making on the following issues. What policies and priorities should govern smallpox vaccine distribution? Should plans for military deployment to Southwest Asia proceed? What should we tell our allies about the source and scope of the outbreak, risk of spread abroad, implications for military coalition in the Gulf? What should the American people be told? <laughs> and you'll know, you know, clearly they don't say um, how much should we tell them, but what should we tell them? Yeah, right. what, very, oh, very clearly. How much should be puppycock? <laughs> yes, exactly. What should what lies should we tell? And that's just a, a veiled admission right there that they don't tell the American public the truth about anything. They just tell them whatever narrative they want to support. That sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. It does, doesn't it? All right. So let's see. Next we have a memo to the president, national security advisor, secretary of defense, chair of the joint chiefs of staff. Forces currently in the theater, 25,000, including one carrier battle group. 
Option 1, 5-Day Closure. Limited capability to thwart an invasion of Kuwait by existing Iraqi forces. Forces currently positioned near the border. Primarily a visible commitment. Very high risk if Iraq invades. Vigilant Warrior. All right, well, do we really need to go through all these? This is all the uh, fighter this squadrons is, and all that. That was an actual operation uh, that yeah, occurred. Yeah, it was. So. Yeah, Vigilant Warrior was an actual operation that took place. So you can yeah. see how they're taking it from this fictional, this quote-unquote fictional scenario they came up with and actually implementing it in real life. I mean, that, that's what this is. This is supposed to be an exercise, uh, you know, for, for such an event. It's not... Uh, you know, they, they usually will not take uh, the name verbatim from an exercise, a tabletop exercise of some sort like this, and actually use it for the operation that takes place. But you could see it was taken here. So what does that tell you about Vigilant Warrior? And you can see the same thing with Operation Northwoods. Uh, it became, with but the name, uh, the, an actual exercise uh, on the, the date that we previously mentioned. So uh, if you're not familiar with that, look up Operation Northwoods. Absolutely. So option two is 21-day closure. Significant capability to prevent the Iraqi capture of Kuwait, or at a minimum, delay the success of an Iraqi invasion until additional forces can be deployed. Medium risk if Iraq invades. Again, all of the forces implied there. Option three, 14-day closure, but requires presidential select reserve call-up and civil reserve air fleet stage one to meet this timeline. Strongest deterrent option. Demonstrates resolve. Same combat capability of option two. Reduced closure time comes on the political cost of a presidential select reserve call-up and activation of the Civil Reserve Air Fleet Stage 1. Reduces capability to respond to a potential crisis in other theaters. High risk globally. Medium risk in SWA. What is SWA? That would be Southwest Asia. Gotcha. All right. And again, a list of troops and all that. All right. Next we have... The memo to the president, national security advisor, secretary of defense, chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Corps Support Command, offensive force to remove Iraq from Kuwait. You know, this didn't this happen? Yeah. <laughs> 400,000 personnel, 100,000 reserve component. NSA Gergen's remarks at 7 p.m. Before we begin this evening, I think it is important you see what is currently on the local TV station in Oklahoma City. The White House press office just sent this over. I am sure this will soon be picked up by the major networks. This was taped from a live broadcast about 15 minutes ago. So we have video news clip one. By the way, I seriously doubt whatsoever that people in the White House or the Pentagon would be using the mainstream news to find anything out because it all comes from the top down as we've shown so many times with PR, Newswire, and Businesswire and all all those things. So I don't know what the hell they're on about here. What do you think, guys? Well, it's a bit bizarre that they're taking what happened in, what, 1991, whatever it was when I was in, um, and reiterating it six months before September 11. As an exercise, yeah, we already removed, supposedly, Iraq from Kuwait, right? We did that in the 90s. Uh, It's just, the whole thing is bizarre. All right, here we have President Nunn's N-U-N-N, opening remarks. The original agenda of this National Security Council, or the NSC, meeting was to focus on the developing crisis in Southwest Asia. However, the Secretary of Health and Human Services called one hour ago to report that the Centers for Disease Control, CDC, the one we were just talking about before, has confirmed that at least one case of smallpox, and maybe as many as 20, have occurred among civilians in Oklahoma City. 
This is an extremely serious situation. Actually, I disagree with that statement, but whatever. Smallpox no longer exists in nature. Presumably, this disease has been deliberately introduced, and these cases are the result of a bioterrorist attack on the United States. We have received no notifications from other countries or groups claiming credit, and at present, the FBI has no information regarding who might have mounted this attack or how they accomplished it. A large proportion of the world population is now susceptible to smallpox. If this situation is not handled correctly, we could be facing the beginning of a nationwide or global epidemic. No doubt, the prospect of contracting this dreaded, lethal, highly contagious disease will cause great concern among U.S. citizens and the world community. The outbreak may also have significant economic impacts. So you have to get diapers out to everybody immediately to put them on their faces. It is reasonable to assume that this attack is related to decisions we may make to deploy troops to the Middle East. Maybe it's meant to distract U.S. leadership or to intimidate the civilian population. On the other hand, there may be no direct linkage to events in the Gulf. The FBI and the CIA are working on these matters, but we have few facts as of right now. As it happens, Oklahoma's Governor Keating is in town today and has joined us for this meeting, although he is understandably anxious to get home. We will first hear from Governor Keating, then we will have briefings on what we might expect in a smallpox outbreak, and more on what is happening on the ground in Oklahoma and elsewhere. Finally, I would like to hear your thoughts on what our priorities and actions ought to be. All right, anybody have any comments? I shall well, continue. Governor Keating. Governor Keating was actually the government, or the governor, at the time of the uh, Oklahoma City bombing, and you know, there's a lot in the background with that as well. So, uh, you know, that's that's an actual person they're citing here. Uh, why they're doing that, and they're using a fictional president, none, and U N N. President Nunn, that should tell you something right there. Words have meaning. Uh, so, you know. Um, and that Vatican sure owned? <laughs> perhaps. And if you actually look at the uh, numerology encoded in the word Nunn, you'll come across 14, 21, 14, 14. So that's, that's like, uh, what, three, three fives and a three. That's an 18. So there's your triple six idea. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Beyond that, um, it's it, it'll be interesting to see what they, you know, this Governor Keating, who actually uh, had ties back to the intelligence community, worked for the CIA for a while, uh, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of a role he plays in this exercise, because a lot of times some of these uh, governors and stuff have a, a little bit more uh, power in different things than what we may think. So it'll be interesting to see what develops through this document with him now. Yeah. Interestingly enough, Keating was also uh, in the governor of Oklahoma at the bombing of the Murrah building uh, during that period of time. And his uh, his brother wrote a book uh, about that event two years before it happened. Yeah. And the, the uh, main uh, protagonist in that book was a, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was a, a Tom McVeigh in mm, the book. Yes, yes. Yeah. Interesting stuff right there, huh? Yeah. So it's people, uh, in, people in comments picking it up, catching the phonetic crossover. Mm -hmm. None is in nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I caught that. So, mm -hmm. 
So, but yeah, to Crow's point, um, or was it uh, uh, Jason that mentioned uh, the idea that the <laughs> the just preposterous idea that the, the uh, National Security Agency is going to be getting their information from the uh, news, from a local news report. <laughs> yeah, well, sure well, they are. Is, put it in context, though. This is 2001 when they could still get away. You know, we're embedding tr- embedding troops was still you know relatively. We- in other words, we hadn't figured out CNN's just complete nonsense back then so they could still cite as an authority because we were so deluded for most of us 2001 right right? this is supposed to be 2001 right governor's remarks it appears my state has been attacked with a smallpox weapon we are not sure yet how many people are affected media have been barraging our public affairs office for comments since the cdc confirmed the diagnosis an hour ago We understand that the emergency rooms in Oklahoma City are extremely crowded. Our state health department is having difficulty getting information directly from hospital management because many phone lines have gone down, apparently from overuse. The city is calm, although we have heard from CNN that many hospital staff have failed to show up for work since the first suspicions of smallpox were reported yesterday evening. Local news media are broadcasting nothing but news and comments on the smallpox story. Hospitals in Oklahoma City have already activated their disaster plans to cope with the security issues raised by the increased patient demand on emergency rooms and the presence of so many journalists. I have been in close contact with the Oklahoma Adjutant General in the last few hours who has been making preparations should the Oklahoma National Guard be needed during this situation. My commissioner of health advises me that at the minimum, we need to begin rapid vaccination program of all persons that have come into contact with the identified smallpox patients, as well as healthcare workers in Oklahoma City. I understand that the CDC has released a vaccine, but it's unclear how much we'll get. I would like to tell people when I go before the cameras in a few hours that each and every one of the 3.5 million citizens of Oklahoma will receive the smallpox vaccine in the next 72 hours. I think it's important that we reassure the people that the government is going to take care of them. Hmm. Based on the advice from the OK Commissioner of Health and the OK Adjutant General, I am declaring a state of emergency and requesting that you, Mr. President, invoke the Stafford Act. The nature of the crisis will require it. I have just declared a state of emergency to mobilize state response. The nature of this disease should be of immediate national concern. Therefore, I am requesting that you, Mr. President, declare a state of emergency in the state of Oklahoma. Oh dear. Oh dear. All right. Yeah, interesting. Haven't haven't we seen the Stafford Act invoked in uh, the current situation here just recently? I believe so. I, I believe so too. It's amazing how all of these things are like in these exercises and how they come to fruition. Uh, it's talking about hospitals, empty hospitals, like no employees showing up and they're overrun with emergency room care and, you know, this and that. Um, and they're talking about uh, a vaccination program here. Mercurial um, vaccination, 3.5 million each and every 3.5 being eight, yeah. the mercurial eight. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, within the next 72 hours, there's a, you know, and, an encode in that too, and <laughs> that could be a 9/11 encode in there too. Uh, so we're looking at a lot of different things here. Um, like we were talking about earlier, you could see how this is foreshadowing things to come, even though this is supposedly a fictional narrative that they're going with this this whole exercise. But it's amazing how now they've put a real person, Governor Frank Keating, in here. Uh, as a centerpiece for this exercise and they're they're using 
in addition to that, they're they're using people that don't exist, like like fictional characters, around this one central figure, this Governor Frank Keating. That's a real person. So uh, it, it's it's interesting. It it really truly is. Well, I can't verify that any of these other people, like the you know, uh, that are named in this document, are actually real government people but there's well, definitely think, not a president none well do you think <laughs> they were referring there to sam nunn i mean he he was a political um he was you know a georgia senator oh well, maybe who knows i georgia guess that's a possible thing. oklahoma but when when was the oklahoma gilly whopper when did what year did that happen again 95 i think 95 95 or 96 if i remember right so it goes to show you how they recycle ideas at the very least, uh, because they're pulling the the whole theater of war from the time I was in the Marine Corps at the front part of this. They're leveraging without saying it off the Oklahoma City bombing, and they're precursoring uh, that every single citizen will be inoculated, 3.5 million of them to be exact. Um, you can see how all this, you know, you can see the tentacles going every direction. And by the way, is anyone else going to call? I'm reading up on all the smallpox stuff here. I, I've never really looked at it, but this is poppycock. You see yeah. these? Im, you see these images? They're yeah. Photoshop yeah. specials. Bad. Last cased on planet 1978 by inoculation, which we know better at this point. I'm just saying. Not only maybe, that, there's there's been smallpox outbreaks in different areas of the world, as yeah. far as I know, yeah, even still been. in the modern day. Yes. So yeah, it, it hasn't in been eliminated. Bad sanitation. Yeah, their day thirteen photo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you, man, it looks like somebody uh, ran God. a fucking red filter with Lord knows what the the bump filter. Yeah, page thirteen, uh, or rather uh, page nine, and uh, day thirteen uh, of this child, and you know he's the kid is is smiling in that photograph. It's it's crazy. Well, obviously they're uh, not gonna have a real picture of. Um, a smallpox baby so they got they had to fake it right yeah it's um <laughs> oh dear all right so the smallpox yeah, briefing better. special assistant to secretary hamburg smallpox historical historical background last case on planet 1978 and i do remember that actually they did chase down uh, supposedly all over the world inoculating people like crazy got it all the way down to villages in uh, africa if i recall correctly and then they declared it officially off the planet um, that's great, but it's not, even if that was completely true, it wouldn't just be in people. It would be well, whatever, you know what I'm getting at. All right. So yep. last case in the United States was in 1949 in Texas, officially stored only in two places, the CDC and a Russian lab prior to eradication it killed 300 million in the 20th century. Uh, let's see. So, all right, this is all the pictures uh, that's a bold claim man 300 million people is a lot of people that's almost the entire population of the united states that's what i'm saying it's complete poppycock I, everything everything that i've scrutinized as i'm going through I, I guess that's what you can get away with when you're doing a fake you know a fake <laughs> operation you can do whatever you want i guess how contagious how contagious is Person to person spread occurs. We both picked up on the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Contagious from rash onset until the scab heals in about two weeks. Spread by droplets breathed or coughed into air. That sounds familiar. Usually requires close contact, six feet. That sounds familiar. Isolation and vaccination can prevent spread. Uh huh. 
Uh, okay, so close contacts are household and work contacts, healthcare workers. In exceptional circumstances, it can spread over long distances. Long distance spread usually occurs with cough. Outbreak in Germany, third person, stop that. 30 persons working and visiting in a hospital caught smallpox from one hospitalized patient who never left his stop room. Isolation of patients prevents transmission. Vaccination of contacts can prevent them from developing disease. Okay. Bullshit. Yeah, right. look, look at this. The only known cure is leftover cocaine. Ah, <laughs> everybody's fooked. <laughs> all right. I, I know. I Did Baldini fall over? Yes. <laughs> He's ready to run a marathon. All right. Healthcare system readiness. U.S. doctors and nurses have no experience with smallpox. Hmm, this sounds familiar. No means of rapid diagnosis, no treatment available. Hmm, this sounds familiar. Hospitals have few isolation rooms designed for highly contagious patients. Hmm, this sounds familiar. No surge capacity in healthcare system. Just-in-time methods for staffing drugs and supplies. I don't see anything in here about coordinated dancing, though. No, oh. that came much later. This was before TikTok, Jason. You have to yes, keep that in mind. I'm picking up what you're putting yeah. down. All right. Uh, let's see. It is doubtful that hospitals Ooh, could handle even seven. 10% oh, increase in patient out. demand over a sustained period. Concerns whether staff will come to work if a potential risk of getting lethal disease or bringing it home to their families. Well, you know, uh, funny if we compare that to another situation, I think they'd be getting laid off. But, hey, what do I know? Okay, <clears> smallpox <throat> vaccine protects people from dying if given no more than three or four days three or four days after exposure routine u.s vaccination stopped in 1972 immunity wanes over time estimated 80 percent u.s population now susceptible one out of 300,000 got serious possibly fatal reactions to the vaccine what that can't wait 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 wait, 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 everyone knows vaccines are proven effective and safe did they just admit something that i'd never seen admitted before Yipper, there it is in black and white. One in 300,000 got serious, possibly fatal reactions to the vaccine. It can't be. And those numbers, that's that's a very, very conservative number right there, to be honest. Because if you take a look at uh, what Harvard University said when they studied the VAERS uh, government program, the Vaccine Ad- Adverse Events Re- uh, Reporting uh, Act uh, kind of reporting system that's what it is uh the vares system only somewhere between one percent and ten percent of all vaccine adverse reactions are even reported so you're talking that could be as much as a hundred times higher look look at the last bullet on page 11 wait a minute yeah look at the next one no one younger than age 30 vaccinated maybe as many one in five thousand today would have serious possibly lethal lethal vaccine complication there it's down to one in five thousand there it is so see this this says to me all right i'm reading between the lines with this this is telling me they may roll out a vaccine that is probably much worse than what we've seen before uh, come a scenario like this. If this were to actually come to, quote unquote, fruition and be like a real thing, supposedly in the real world, if something like this happens, uh, this it says to me they might push a vaccine uh that is a lot more lethal than the vaccines that we are familiar with right now. Uh, and that may be part of an overall depopulation plan, in my view, uh, and would actually probably be much worse than the actual disease that they're supposedly giving it to prevent itself. So if if you're looking at something like this, and this is drawn off the idea of smallpox, which has been with us for, oh, I don't know, thousands of years probably, 
Um, there, it wasn't really a problem, I think, here in the U.S. until sometime in the late 1800s, if I'm not mistaken. Or I don't know the full history of smallpox, I'll be honest here. But uh, to say that uh, they they want to roll out a vaccine that they know has possible serious fatal reactions in this many people, uh, that's very telling here that they would actually consider that as a, a method of trying to protect people. So they're saying we're willing to sacrifice this number of people for the greater good. Uh, this is your herd mentality right there. I mean, this is this is collectivism. This is this is what collectivism leads to. This uh, is the kind of thing. And I'm pretty sure um, slide seven is a doll. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. I, I mentioned that earlier. But uh, yeah, they've got, you know, they're, they're again, we can see over the last. Um, I'm sure Rose and I will cover that in the morning on Poppycock Report. But um, uh, but certainly we, we know that the polls are made up and, and they're, you know, crying uh, that they say that, you know, only 40 percent of Americans say that they will willingly take a vaccine if it were available now uh, for, for the beer bug uh, and hoping that number goes higher. But <laughs> One in 5,000 possibly uh, lethal complications, according to what? this document from 2001. Does, does anyone know what the you know Latin mumbus jumbus name for smallpox is, by the way? Let's find out. No, not familiar with it. I'll have to top my head. Up. I'll have to look. Look that All up. Right. All right. So in our situation here, smallpox vaccine supply. United States stocks, 12 million doses. World supply, 60 million doses. CDC contract for 40 million doses. First deliveries in 2004. So they're saying in this document that even though a vaccine already exists uh, as far as on the books are concerned, they know how to make it, that it would take them um, almost three years to get it if they need to make more. Okay. Precisely. And that... uh... I noticed there it says U.S. stocks 12 million doses. It cites Swiftwater PA. That's pretty close to where I'm at, and that, I believe, is where uh, one of the major vaccine manufacturers actually has a, a, a manufacturing facility. Um, which one is it? I'm trying to think. Is it uh, might be AstraZeneca. I think that's it, yes. I think it might be AstraZeneca up there. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I know there's a big one up there. Um but yeah, anyway, that's that's an interesting thing. So there's What's the Zeneca saying, part. Astra is star. Astra, yeah, AstraZeneca, Z E N E C A. Yeah, no, I was, I was wondering what that translated to. I know Astra is star. Right. Um, A to Z. And Zeneca, <laughs> maybe. Zeneca is I don't know Zeneca. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but right. Uh, yeah, that's that's interesting though. So we have a situation briefing from the Deputy Secretary of HHS, Chair of the Deputies Committee meetings. Status of epidemic, 20 smallpox cases, lab confirmed Oklahoma City, 30 cases, additional cases suspected in Oklahoma, Georgia, seven in Pennsylvania, source of infection unknown, presumed exposure December 1st. All right, so flipping down here. Status of epidemic, actions taken. CDC officials en route to Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. Lab specimens en route to CDC. 100,000 doses of vaccine released. ETA is 12 hours. Vaccination restricted to close contacts. HCWs investigators. HCWs is what? I don't know. That would be healthcare workers. Healthcare workers, there we go. 100,000 doses to Pennsylvania, Georgia, pending lab confirmation. 
Uh, doses released are preliminary shipments made with consensus of Secretary Hamburg, a CDC director, and Oklahoma Commissioner of Health. Additional vaccine only to be released pending decisions reached at this meeting. Now, they made a very specific thing saying uh, up here that we kind of glossed over quickly that the vaccine in question in this scenario protects if it is given before the symptom onset. And uh, this is an outbreak already, so you can't do anything for those yeah. who already have it. Right, and that that tells me uh, the other portion of this is this is something we want to push on healthy populations for whatever reason, even though we know that it could be as lethal as uh, one in 5,000 dropping dead from a complication from it. So that, that should tell you something right there. Okay, potential origin of outbreak, accidental or intentional release of a virus. Uh, is smallpox a virus? I don't even know. Only two labs in the world permitted to have the virus, CDC and Vector in Russia, elicit diversion of virus plausible. Once viral stocks in hand, no major <clears throat> technical problems to grow, disseminate virus. Readily available off-the-shelf aerosol technologies used in AG or pharma, applica pharma applications, believed most likely is the best guess. Well, that's great. I'm glad you're guessing. Status of epidemic. It is a, it is a virus, by the way. Is it? Okay. Outbreak investigation begun, hypothetically, of course. FBI public health interviews with patients and contacts. Information to stop disease spread, identify source of exposure. Active medical surveillance to identify additional cases. Alert, educate information to medical community and the media. All right. There's contact tracing right there. Boom. It's variola, by the way, is the Latin for it, which... I guess it means pustular spots, but it also means various. Uh, it's called the variola virus. There are a maximus and a minimus versions uh, according to this, but thanks to Dr. Kaufman and others, we know some things about viruses now, don't we? Couple, two, mm -hmm. three. So I'm just saying, uh, I would go so far as to say every image in this document is fake. Fraudulent, yeah. It almost, you can tell it pretty quickly it is. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Situation briefing. Victims isolate until rash heals. Supportive care. Contacts. Identify. Vaccinate. Fever watch. If fever, then presume smallpox and isolate. Protection of healthcare workers. Minimize exposure. Vaccinate. Strict respiratory precautions. Isolation mm. rooms. Appropriate handling of infectious materials. Let's talk about that for a second, shall we? Appropriate handling of uh, infectious materials or... Let's just say hypothetical infectious materials. What's going on with all these freaking masks and bullshit that everyone's? <laughs> yeah, there's there's no biohazard containers to throw them in. They lay around parking lots all over the place, yeah. blowing around at the breeze. Yeah, they do. Yep. Yeah, mice are using them as hammocks. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good news for Jerry. I mean, he's got yeah. his, his hammock. It, you know, and poor Tom can't catch him if he's resting yeah, in right. his hammock. So. Yeah, yeah. He's, Mine he's double his underwear, but the leg holes are really tight. <laughs> really tight? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, victims isolate until rash heals. Supportive care. You'll notice that they, they like to say isolate and vaccinate a lot here, too. Mm -hmm. Context. Identify. Vaccinate. Fever watch. See, identify and then vaccinate. So they're talking about contact tracing. And once you identify who has been in contact with somebody, you vaccinate them. That's the next step. And then watch for the fever. And if there's a fever, then presume that smallpox, that it's from smallpox and isolate. And we can kind of see that with what they're doing now. Let's test everybody for this thing that doesn't exist. And then when we find out that their test comes back 
positive because it has a 80% false positive rate, then we'll say they have this and make them self-isolate. And, you know, I think the time is coming when they have a vaccine available. They'll force that, too, in much the same way they have it listed here. So that's kind of where we're at with that. And then it says protection of healthcare workers because they'll be the first ones to be getting this stuff. Uh, minimize exposure, vaccinate. There it is again. Strict respiratory precautions, isolation rooms, appropriate handling of infectious materials. Well, we can see that the appropriate handling of infectious materials in the public sector just is not really a feasible thing uh, with what we're going through right now. So in the event that this, uh, this, this COVID thing was actually smallpox or something like that per se, then, uh, you know, we would probably be handling it differently than we are, which goes to show you just exactly what they think of this current pandemic. Uh, is it really as, as deadly as what it's being presented as? I don't know, but throwing Does your masks do- all over the place when they're supposedly hypothetically contagious, uh, that doesn't go a long way to stopping a contagion, does it? Nope. No, it certainly doesn't. Even wearing the stupid thing doesn't really go a long way for preventing it. Uh, by the way, guys, as a side note, I figured out all right, a new way to prevent the spread of malaria. Malaria kills 400,000 people every year. Well, here's the thing. Governments need to mandate that people put up chain link fences around their properties. All the property owners, they have to put up these chain link fences to keep the mosquitoes out. And that should help to lower the malaria rates. What do you think? That's using COVID logic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> same kind of thing. You put up the chain link fence to keep the mosquitoes out, much the same way the mask keeps the alleged exactly. virus out. So, exactly. All right. It, it Equipment used to prevent tuberculosis, special masks, gloves, gowns, and short supply, isolation rooms to prevent airborne spread, also in short, short supply. Well, we heard all this back in what, March? Um, all right, situation briefing. Smallpox incubation period, 9 to 17 days, average 14 days. If initial attack is on December 1st, now seeing first generation, second generation to begin approximate on December 20th. Historically, single case infected, 13 to 20 others. Today, few immune, mobility of population, urban conditions encourage spread. Mr. President, okay, I'm Debbie... gonna stop. I'm gonna stop you right there for a second, Jason, because this is important. If initial attack December first, now seeing first generation, uh, the first case that uh, was officially uh, called this uh, novel coronavirus 2019 at the time, uh, the the first outset of that, the first case that became public with it in China, happened on December first, exactly 44 days after the event 201. Uh, briefing went on at Johns Hopkins University. So that's 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 an interesting thing in this document right there. December 1st, they're pointing that date out specifically. And lo and behold, it happens here some 19 years later, you know, at the end of the Metonic cycle, uh, that this was just beginning in, in 2001. So we, we could see all kinds of different uh, correlations going on here. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, hang on, just gonna fix this real quick. <clears throat> okay, next we have 
All right, smallpox, we just did that one. Okay, Mr. President, deputies committee working on vaccine distribution policy options. Should be available in 30 to 60 minutes. Recommend getting update from FBI at this time. FBI remarks. The FBI is the lead federal agency to respond to the crisis management phase of bioterrorism or other forms of WMD terrorism. Our primary role is to provide attribution for the crime prosecution of the perpetrators. FEMA and HHS will lead consequence management efforts and have already initiated this response. The FBI's federal on-scene commander is on the ground in Oklahoma. We will have 200 FBI agents on the ground in Oklahoma within 24 hours. We are coordinating with the CIA, the NSA on possible perpetrators. We are pursuing investigation into the sources of the outbreak in cooperation with the CDC and local public health agencies. We have no credible leads at this moment. Of course not. <laughs> the domestic emergency support team will be vaccinated within the next few hours and will be on the ground in Oklahoma and elsewhere as needed. We are also, we are now also establishing a joint operations center in Oklahoma, and we'll be coordinating information dissemination through a joint information center. Well, we've got to control that, right? Got to control the inflow and outflow of information. That's a, a key to anything like this. All right. The mem next, we have a memo given to DCI FBI director. Several states and groups could have capability to build smallpox weapon. Parties with capability to mount smallpox attacks include Russia, Iraq, China, possibly North Korea, Iran, though certainly other nations with industrial biotech base would have the capability. Less likely are our autonomous groups, specifically Osama bin Laden. Did you notice how many times they've said that already in here? Yeah. That's the second time they brought up yep. old Uncle Osama. Six we cannot rule out the possibility. The yeah, and again, again, let me point out, pre-9-11. Now, granted... Osama bin Laden it was blamed for the, uh, what is it, 95 bombing of the Trade Center? Was it 95 yeah, or but that's, somewhere that's around far, there? That's a far cry from, uh, you know, building a, a, a biological weapon uh, capable of doing something like this. I mean, obviously they, they had this guy pegged for big things, um, and uh, he actually worked for the CIA at one point. His name was Tim Osmond. Uh, people could look that up yep. if they're unfamiliar with that whole idea. But, uh, yeah, so this 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 guy is an actor, but they've been pointing at this actor uh, for probably a good, I don't know, uh, at least 10 years prior yeah, uh, they, to they this event. Him, they pegged him for the uh, Achille Loro hijacking as well in 90 or 85 even. Yeah, so, so I mean, going it goes as far back, back a long as that. time. Yeah. I think someone would have picked him up. <laughs> well, no, but they they couldn't find him. But CNN certainly CNN got a, found him. No yeah, problem yeah. getting an interview yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, exclusive interview with him, and he, he kept looking younger in each video and healthier. For it's pretty, pretty remarkable for a guy on dialysis. Who knows what he would look like today if he was <laughs> if they had to dump his body in the ocean. Like Davy Jones, <laughs> <laughs> because it that's incredible. A funeral for the age of water, perhaps. Who knows? Dave, Davey Ben Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Osama Ben Sinkin. <laughs> I was just going to say that way. You took it from me. Oh, man. It's good stuff. All right. For several years, the intelligence community has attempted to track former Soviet scientists who played key roles in the Soviet BW program. Bioweapons, I assume that means. 
Uh, particular attention has been paid to those who worked in the smallpox weapons program. We know that several of these individuals are currently in Iran, Iraq, Israel, the UK, the US, and possibly North Korea. The bottom line, however, is that any well-funded terrorist organization that had access to these, one or more of these scientists and cultures of smallpox virus would have the capability to launch this attack. Former bioweapon smallpox expert said to be in Iraq. Oh, no. Six months ago, a Russian biologist who had immigrated to Canada was interviewed by Canadian security officials as part of a government employment background check. During the interview, the scientist mentioned that he had worked at Novosibirsk in 1990. His work was focused on mousepox, squeak, mm -hmm. but he had become acquainted with several scientists that were involved with serious classified research on smallpox. Serious. That is serious. Was moose and squirrel. Moose and squirrel and mousepox. The scientists described the difficult times that followed the breakup of the Soviet Union and the impact on the scientific cater. He had eventually received permission to go to Israel and later moved to Canada. Some of his fellow scientists were not so lucky, especially those working on classified projects. However, one of the leading smallpox scientists that he knew had received an offer on employment from Iraq and the Russian government allowed him to accept the offer. Unrelated, repeated rumors that Soviet smallpox cultures were received by Iraq, Iran, and North Korea. Humit, Humint and UNISCOM data indicate Iraq bioweapons program worked with camelpox. <laughs> not the camel toe. Not, not to be confused. Oh, my God. Iraq, known to have experimented with camelpox, camel thought by some to have considered that this a surrogate for smallpox investigations and smallpox weapons development. Oh, oh my God. Boy. Well, at least they have a sense of humor. Throw some shit in there like that. <laughs> mouse and camel. Not moose and squirrel, but mouse and camel. It's not the smallpox. It's the mousepox. And it's the camelpox. Camelpox. Camelot. Yes. <laughs> Mouse and Camel. Ed Camelot, yes. Far uh, mouse... North Korea, I hear your call. <laughs> mouse a little, Camelot. Okay, duh. Commie pox, I like it. Commie pox, uh, there you go. Look at these numbers in the next section, my God. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's that's good stuff there. All right, so let's get down here. Do, 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 do. All right, Concerns small... exist regarding potency and safety of the vaccine. <laughs> yeah, <you> think? <laughs> <laughs> potency. Uh, smallpox vaccine stocks as of 1998. Reports made by countries in response to the World Health Organization survey. Best available estimates listed below are a mix of 1994-1998 data. But I don't think that we really need to go through this, do we? Do you think there's anything in here that's robust? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sure there were. I'm robust. Sure. Do you, th you think you think there's anything in here that's robust? Well, Sweden ain't got no smallpox vaccine, <laughs> or, or anti-fragile, maybe. Yes, the anti-fragile. I think I'm yeah. perhaps underbanking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's just see how robust their vocabulary is as All we right. move on here. <clears throat> Didn't mean to sidetrack things, but that cracked me right the hell up. <clears throat> All right. Georgia blames the United States for its decision to continue working on smallpox virus despite near-unanimous consent by world community to destroy remaining virus stores. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in, in real-world scenarios, aren't there two, aren't there truly two, uh, what would you call them, laboratories, like like high-level labs that do still have smallpox? And I think one's yeah, in the US and one's in Russia. In Russia, yeah, they mentioned except, both of them. CDC. No, no, I know they mentioned it, but that that's for real, right? Like that's still that today, 20 years but, later. But wait a minute, we have a glaring problem here. Viruses don't exist as described, and this is described as a virus. Well, there is that. 
there's a problem with the foundation of this entire premise. Well, as I, I, I agree it's probably not as described. They probably do have some sort of pathogen that is bad, but I, yeah, I, I have a problem with their entire, uh, the entire narrative. And they, here they repeat again the smallpox vaccine, slide one, possible serious but or lethal there, complications, one in 5,000. There, there's another – I mean, so there, there, I went over to Wikipedia. So here they're saying there's been no case in the world since 1976. Wikipedia wants to say 77. Which so one is it? Well, regardless. So they're saying mid-70s, supposedly there's no more cases. And yet look at the list of all the people stockpiling a vaccine – for a thing that hasn't existed since the 70s in the wild. South Africa's got 30 million doses. Uh, it goes on and on. It, it's all it's completely insane. It makes zero sense. Yeah. And they were yeah. saying that, uh, that Iran had one and a half million, but they were uh, ineffective because of bad storage. <laughs> oh. It was leftover cocaine is what they, they had. Well, as long as they had that, they'll be okay. They'll be fine. <laughs> all right, where did we? And, and if it was a real threat, wouldn't the world leaders all have doses? France has none. Germany has none. Sweden and Switzerland. Oh, I guess Switzerland has half a million. Um, it's it's ridiculous. It's Japan suddenly... did not report, and China had zero. So China. none for China. Well, they got to get their bats sick for 2020. But Korea, almost 10 million. Yeah. Like, does, do these numbers – okay, so um, these numbers do not comport at all uh, with um, – if you take a, take a look at the laws of um, number distribution, uh, these, these are fraudulent numbers. I mean um, uh, there, there are rules to what you would see here, and these numbers are fraudulent. I can, I can find you an algorithm for that, but it's, um, it's not difficult to, to find. Well, well um, clear, clearly that's a bit like what, – what did Jonas Salk supposedly cure? What was that one again? Polio. 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 So do we have stockpiles of polio vaccine yeah, in the millions uh, of zillions? Actually, they well, still give polio vaccine. It's different from the, the Salk vaccine, though. The Salk vaccine was an oral vaccine, and uh, actually Salk uh, uh, testified before Congress that uh, the uh, – the oral vaccine, that Salk vaccine, was the primary, if not the sole cause, of polio in the 1960s. So <laughs> that should tell people something right there about vaccine science, quote unquote. Yeah, th those uh, those numbers fail um, normality tests. Um, just I can just look at it and tell you that those are fraudulent data. Um, there's a there's a pattern of number distribution, uh, and uh, that those numbers are fake. I can tell you that just from looking at it. All right, so let's move on to vaccine distribution policy options briefing. Briefing. By you'll, notice, you'll notice that the chair of deputies committee is Dr. Tara O'Toole. <laughs> O'Toole. Yeah, take a look at the smallpox vaccine. Look, look at the um, the notes there, especially the the fifth bullet. So smallpox vaccine background, 12 million doses in U.S. stockpile, foreign supplies limited, must give three to five days after exposure. Now, wait a second. That's that's completely different than what they said before. No, they were talking, uh, you know, that would prevent people from dying if they gave it from three to five days after exposure. But they were talking before that uh, as a preventative measure, they should give it before anybody has any symptoms. And then look at the bottom bullet on slide two as well. So look at the bottom two bullets on slide one and two. 
Exposure determined by history, no rapid reliable tests, possible serious or lethal <laughs> complications in one in 5,000. So they've upped their game there. All right, smallpox vaccine, decision points, national versus state vaccination policy, ring vaccination versus mass immunizations. Hold 2.5 million doses for the Department of Defense, key officials. Well, you know they'll do that. Vaccinate HCWs, public safety, elected officials, their families, distribute to states now versus wait for cases, size of aliquots to states, uh, mandatory versus voluntary immunization. Ha ha. Now, Ta-da. Secretary HHS, Surgeon General, Director CDC, can release vaccine to states should president retain this authority. Can the feds enforce priorities if it sets them? Immunization programs administered by local officials. HCWs, public safety, arguably essential personnel with high risk of contact with victims. And top-off exercise, vaccination of families was key issue. I don't know the top-off exercise. We're going to have to look up top-off exercise and see exactly what it says. Uh, I'll I'll research that document uh, later. Vaccine policy, ring vaccination, close contacts, healthcare workers, investigators, minimize use of vaccine, logistical personnel hurdles, loose versus tight definitions. Mass immunizations preferred if adequate supply. Logistically easier shotgun approach may hit target, stop spread, still must do contact tracing. So they've had this in mind for a long time, huh? Yeah, contact tracing. 20 years old. You know, there it is. Mm -hmm. They they ramped way up from where they're standing here when you get down to what the recommendations are. Okay, ring vaccination used in a smallpox eradication program. Uh, ring vaccination, get it wrong, people die because you missed. Mass immunization may reduce public anxiety. Recent meningitis outbreaks, one to three persons sick, created great public anxiety. All right. Here they have a bunch of numbers of people supposedly getting ill. Deputies Committee recommendations on disease containment. Isolate patients, hospital isolation, dedicated centers. Yeah, dedicated centers. There it is. They're building <laughs> FEMA camps for uh, COVID patients right now. We mean happy camps. Contacts. Vaccinate, stay home, fever watch, if fever, move to treatment center, vaccination, isolation, not forcibly imposed, minimize so, gatherings. So wait, so wait a minute. You saw the pictures of what this is supposed to do to people, and vaccination is not forcibly imposed, yet nobody doesn't know anybody dead right now in 2020, and they're trying to get ready to forcibly impose vaccination. Yeah, I mean, that's... I'll tell you, poppy pox. Poppy pox. Well done, Tano. Minimize gatherings, close schools, and affected states. Okay. Yeah, close everything. Just close it all down. Shut everything. Who cares? I mean, you don't need to actually do anything. Just sit at home. Deputies Committee recommendations on public communication. Anticipate great public anxiety about the disease and possible vaccination limitations. Public confidence and engagement critical for ending disease transmission and maximize transparent decision making. <laughs> oh, that's the biggest joke I've seen in this thing. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be real transparent. <laughs> yep, or we'll tell everybody. They're gonna be very forthcoming it. with real truthful information too. Yeah, I bet. All right. About disease and possible vaccine limitations. Sure, they're going to talk about that. Directed vaccination plus the Department of Defense. Okay, here we go. Now they're going to start putting the boots down. Vaccinate only contacts, key personnel, likely contacts in case states hold 2.5 million doses for the Department of Defense. Same directed strategy of more cases in new states. Look, here's the thing I I think we, we should really talk about for a moment before we go further in this. 
if you saw something as serious as like a smallpox where like it's obvious there's shit all over people's bodies, you wouldn't need to crack down. People would be doing things the smart way right off the bat. It's not like this nonsense that's going on right now where next to nothing is happening with anybody anywhere. Right? Am I right? Uh, I, I think yeah. that's an indication of just how dumbed down we have become the past 20 years. Because I'm thinking, uh, just from the way they're presenting this here, there would have to be visibly something majorly wrong with people for people to accept something like this as being a, a pandemic-type situation. Whereas today, they're just so brainwashed, they'll just, you know, if the TV tells them so, then the that's TV how it said is. so, yeah. Yeah. That's so all it I, takes, you know. Why did Mandrake's buddy tell him? <laughs> you know, it's in the food and water, isn't it? It's got to be. Well, that's this is the yeah. whole point. Like, if, if there was a, a, a smallpox outbreak, let's just use their scenario, it would be so freaking beyond obvious that there's something wrong, right? Absolutely. I think they that, wouldn't that goes without saying. They wouldn't have to tell people to stay home. That's, that's the whole thing. They wouldn't have to tell people stay home. Yeah. <laughs> people would stay home willingly. They exactly. wouldn't go out. Exactly. But the people who uh, – when you show them demonstrably that there is nothing happening out there, they, but I saw it on TV, uh, it, is, um, it is remarkable uh, how uh, vociferous people will argue. Uh, I mean this is a classic Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Directed vaccination plus DOD uh, focuses immunization on those at highest risk, preserves vaccine, seen as rational and equitable, preserves DOD strategic flexibility. Uh but it is logistically challenging. It may miss context. Public anxiety, most not vaccinated. Public reaction to DOD on hold. Okay. Option two, citywide plus the Department of Defense plus new states. Residents of Oklahoma City, Atlanta, and Philadelphia. Well, <laughs> all right. This is, this is a little silly. This is just a whole bunch of proposals. Well, this is specific to the scenario they're talking about. Right. Now we really need to they're go through doing all these. Yeah, but basically, but they talk about the pros and cons of having the Department of Defense or, you know, the, the military being in charge of the vaccination program. That's that's basically the gist of what people could get from this. And these are just different strategies that they would that the Department of Defense or the military would use as distribution points and distribution methods. Are they going to work with uh, particular city health agencies or particular state health agencies or are they going to just, you know, full scale? march the military in and, you know, set up camp that way and, and do the do it that way. So that's kind but of what they're debating here. They're, but they're clearly outlining the term uh, contact tracing here, uh, make a specific um, uh, allusion to it. So uh, they've had this uh, terminology and this uh, plan in place for a very long time. This is, you know, almost 20 years ago now. Right. Yeah. So they had these things in mind. Absolutely. All right. So let's get down through here. We don't need to read through all these scenarios because this will just put people to sleep. All right. Memo given to President and <clears throat> National Security Advisor. White House and multiple government agencies, including the HHS, DOD, and the FBI, are receiving a very high volume of inquiries regarding the alleged smallpox attack in Oklahoma. A majority of media sources are reporting that the disease is fatal in 30% of cases, is highly contagious, and there's no effective treatment. News organizations have also determined that the United States has a limited supply of vaccine available to the nation and are making inquiries as to vaccine distribution. The White House has, in the past hour, received requests from the primary news networks and newspapers for a statement from the president on the crisis. All right. 
Do, 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 do. Deputies committee recommends that the president address the nation no later than 10 p.m. EST. Deputies committee recommends president address the following issues. Facts as available to the government. Federal roles and responsibilities. State roles and responsibilities. What the public should do. Clarify American response to incident for benefit of international audience. All right. Well, there it is. Tell the public what they should do. There, there it is. Uh, again, I'm just going to point out that if if <laughs> if you don't think something is wrong in a smallpox situation, obviously, uh, I, 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 this is just like this is an example of what can happen. But it, again, it's also a um, it's a night and day from from what today is because what we're seeing today is is you can't really Without prove hardly anything. Would you yeah. say, Craig? And- Without evidence? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just if you see someone with smallpox, you and it's bad, you know. But what 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 about today? You see nothing, next to nothing. I would say. All right. So, President, National Security Advisor, Secretary of HHS, and Director of CDC's Bioterrorism Program moves to the press room to deliver the statement. Well, well, goody. Okay. All right. The National Security Council meeting. It's now December 15th, six days after last night's segment. We're going to show footage from this morning's NCN broadcast and quickly review the major media stories. U.S. smallpox cases mount Congress demanding retribution. As many as 300 are now dead. Oh, is that all? And they claim like 500 billion with this thing. Members of Congress. Yeah, they they both- showed a really high R naught value, so they, they had it in the millions um, <laughs> in, just, in just a few days. And so. Members of Congress from both parties responding to increasing rage and fear among their constituents are demanding swift action against perpetrators of the bioterrorist attack. Senior government officials report a number of leads. FBI is working closely with national security agencies and federal and state public health officials to solve the crime. Hospitals are overwhelmed. Care is suffering. As tens of thousands of ill or anxious persons seek care around the country, hospitals in most highly affected states face desperate situations. Doctors, nurses are scared and exhausted. Many hospital employees are not showing up for work for fear of contagion. Employees who do report for work must struggle to get through the crowds. Okay, let's talk about that. In a real situation, in an actual pandemic, that is what you would see. Precisely, but that's not what we see. The hospitals sit empty. They're starting to, uh, you know, fill back up now because you have the onset of the regular flu season, which, by the way, uh, I have documentation from the CDC that they decided to stop tracking the flu this year, and they're they're lumping it all together. Any influenza, pneumonia, and COVID cases, they're all lumping together in the same big number. Just so people know. Well, they're doing another way. They manipulate the numbers and make them look you know, much worse than they are. So they're not they're not doing surveillance of the flu this year, guys. So guess what? There's yeah, no flu cases for no, the Canada rest of the had season. six six whole cases in all of Canada. <laughs> that, was, that, that was from their uh from their own counting, from their uh, COVID their, cured the flu. Yes, they did. I thought COVID cure, cured cancer. Oh, well. uh, it does that too. That was Royal Right. And apparently nobody ever dies of old age anymore either, so <laughs> Right. All right. So anyway, the situation we just described here, this is what would happen. This is what I've been saying since March, too. In a real situation, you would actually see real problems and you'd be hearing about it all the time. People would be freaking out. What happened? You wouldn't and you wouldn't have hospitals um, furloughing doctors and nurses, right? right? Sending them home. They wouldn't be doing TikTok. They, They wouldn't have time to be coordinating dances. 
that's right. Um, none of that. And I mean, uh, if that whole situation, I mean, when I first saw that, I mean, I was disgusted. It's like, if that isn't like a huge, great big middle finger to all of us, I mean, that's revelation of the method. You're trying to tell us that there's this horrible pandemic on and everyone's overwhelmed and blah, 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 blah. And they're coordinating dance routines. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. Oh, it's I did. Whole concept. Uh, so I posted uh, <clears throat> I posted in the chat uh, a link to the uh, brief. It's a very abbreviated, but it's a brief Wikipedia article <clears throat> that goes through this uh, the outcome of this document because we didn't have uh, it, it said at the outset of this document that the um, what they actually did uh, was in a separate uh, separate document, which we did not have access to. But um, I did confirm that uh, Sam Nunn, uh, who was the um, the senator, he did play the president. So he he acted as the president. Dave Gergen played the national security advisor, et cetera. Um, and one of the things that I found very interesting here, and I, again, I posted this in the, in the uh, chat, so if you want to take a look at it, uh, but one of the uh, primary bullet points that they had, um, then they sort of bury it, uh, is this one. Dealing with the media will be a major immediate challenge for all levels of government. Dark Winter revealed that the information management and communication dealing with press effectively, communication with citizens, uh, citizens and et cetera, et cetera, will be a, a critical element in crisis consequent management. <laughs> So there you go. So that's that's their uh, big takeaway is uh, we get to control the media. Yeah, and and you'll notice that that shows up in some of these other documents and stuff too, discussing this this whole scenario. Uh, I think I mentioned last week when we we did the show on uh, your unintended consequences channel, Baldini. Um, uh, I'm putting together uh, a project here where I'm just gathering. A bunch of different documentation of how this has been planned well in advance and uh, you know we went over the the rand corporation document last week which was very enlightening about uh, this whole situation the yep. threats threats without threateners uh, yes. document so if anybody who's listening tonight hasn't listened to that show go over to baldini's channel you should put the link there in the comments and uh, and look for that that show because uh, there's were so many things that were just kind of uh, shocking admissions in that document. Uh, and it was right there in black and white. And we went over that last week. So uh, unfortunately, Jason missed out on that one because he was bu busy battling a hurricane. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. All right. So I'll post a couple of things here for you in the chat. This is um, a link to, uh, I think it's CBS. Uh, and this is Biden who mentions dark winter is coming. And I think it's um, you can see, uh, d despite some uh, hostility in the chat earlier, that, oh, Biden says it and we jump again. Listen to the way he says it. He, he's clearly re referring to this exercise. We're just pointing out this is a, uh, a table talks exercise they did 20 years ago in the same way that they did exercise uh, event 201 just uh, months, uh, just literally weeks uh, before they announced this. So there is the dark winter exercise uh, or his mention of it. And then I'll um, I'll link uh, the same what uh, uh, what Wayne just talked about our um, our uh, stream from last week about yes threats without threateners <clears throat> it's very it's yeah. very eye opening and just to clarify in a national uh, situation like that national televised situation where these people are allegedly vying for the presidency of the United States they don't say off the cuff things or or make use of phrases like that for no reason there there's definitely intent there and there's no doubt in my mind he was referencing this this exercise document. precisely 
Right. And in the in the same way that uh, Obama, during his presidency, said seven times in 21 days, we don't have time for a meeting of the Flat Earth Society. Just to point that out. Just to point it out. All right. So this also says most hospitals report grossly inadequate supplies and insufficient isolation rooms to care for patients with smallpox. Some hospitals in Pennsylvania reportedly face imminent bankruptcy and uh, possible closure as the need to care for floods of anxious patients interrupts normal revenue streams. Well, I'll tell you what would happen in that situation. All of the ready centers would be, uh, what, what would be the word, not weaponized, but um, they'd be brought online under government control to make sure that people are taken care of to try and stop the spread of some massive contagion. I never saw anything like that happen. No, the closest we came to that is them setting up the triage tents out front of the hospital. That nobody went to. That's right. Yeah, nobody the, the, yeah. yeah, they set up one in <laughs> Seattle that was to hold 1,100 patients, and after about three weeks, they took it down at a cost of about $14 million to set it up and take it down. Uh, they, they had no one, actually, absolutely zero patients. And what I don't get is why are people going and getting tested like for this? Like, seriously. Um, you know, do you get some cold symptoms or something and decide, I better go get tested? Like, who does that? Like, honestly, here's a here's an interesting uh, bullet from uh, this document, page 24. Uh, violence breaks out at uh, Pennsylvania vaccination sites. Vaccination distribution efforts are chaotic and have caused violence in some areas with vaccine in short supply. Increasingly anxious crowds, uh, mob vaccination clinics, riots around a vaccination site in Philadelphia left two dead. Uh, police, the National Guard was called to the suppress violence and um, they anticipate violence uh, once they make an announcement. Uh, they say they seem to have the same people counting uh, presidential votes as they have counting the the uh, COVID-19. So, uh, <laughs> so it, we, we, we don't know what's going to happen there, but um, they so have been anticipating. Yeah, yeah, they, how do you think the bell got cracked? Yeah, they've been, <laughs> been anticipating violence for weeks in anticipation uh, of this. So it, it does seem as though uh, Philadelphia may be a, a center for that. And certainly we have seen, interestingly enough, those pallets of bricks show up uh, and a number of uh, downtown locations in uh, my city, Seattle, as well as Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, uh, and several other cities have been boarding up um, downtown businesses. So it will be interesting to see what happens. Oh, Definitely. So let's let's talk about this part. Mothers plead for vaccine as supply dwindles. As the smallpox death toll continues to rise, pictures of children sick and dying from smallpox have been widely televised on local and national news around the nation. Television footage of a tearful mother holding her toddler, pleading for a vaccine and being pushed back by police and riot gear is being aired repeatedly. Well, guess what else we didn't see in a massive pandemic where we have to shut everything down? We didn't see anything like that whatsoever. Nothing like yeah, this happened at all. But they're well, pointing they, out they, the use of fear tried. porn in that they uh, they repeatedly uh, push this uh, ter terrifying image over and over. So uh, they're, they're pointing out here that they can uh, easily use the press uh, to, to set the, the tone and tenor uh, for the whole situation at their leisure. All right. You read the next one. So borders closed to the United States uh, trade and travelers. Many countries have closed their borders to persons traveling from the U.S. unless they can show proof of recent smallpox vaccination. The possible economic impact of lost international trade may reach billions of dollars. Huh. Canada and Mexico are requesting that the U.S. share the smallpox vaccine stockpile. Well, I don't I don't know what to say about that. Uh, Economic problems has not seemed to be a concern with today's situation. They just seem like, nah, just shut it all down. Who cares? 
Hello? Yeah. 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 Hello? I saw an article today that said uh, the <laughs> – <laughs> that poverty had had snuck up. Uh, that people had slipped into poverty because of this pandemic. I'm like, slipped? You slipped. mean you got pu- got pushed over the cliff? You mean slipped. you they grabbed them by the back and kicked them in the ass mugged. off the cliff uh, on purpose? Yes. You know, and, and didn't care. Exactly. Unless you were Walmart, Target, Walgreens, CVS. Yeah, exactly. Really you were smart. A major virus. corporation. Or Amazon. Yeah, uh, you did really really, well. really smart. Virus knows the difference between a Walmart and a church. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. You bet. And what Sparks time? Uh, yep. What time to come out at night? And if you're eating a meal or just having a beer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it knows. Or if you're out, uh, you know, if you're uh, out, out to to protest for BLM or to protest masks, it'll get you if you're out to protest masks. But BLM, it's all good. It knows it's, what you're protesting for. It's so. woke. <laughs> yeah. It is. <laughs> it's a the woke ass virus thing. Yeah. I have a substantial meal. Bugger off, COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh, remarkable how it has a uh, it has its own agenda. The, uh, it, it goes far to the left. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Ooh, we have quite a lot of this to go. Okay. All right, so let me get back to where is that. Government, government res- response criticized. That's there good. There we are. <clears throat> Criticism of the federal government's failure to have sufficient smallpox vaccine on hand to immunize the entire U.S. population has been pervasive, bipartisan, and vociferous. Oh, 25 cent word there. The single pharmaceutical company capable of producing smallpox vaccine has reported that at most it can produce 4 million doses per month, even if all FDA regulations are waived. Okay. Okay. Waiving FDA regulations. Aren't they doing something similar right now with the production of, uh, you know, some of these, uh, these new vaccines that they're supposedly developing now? (laughs) Here's the next part. Governor considers closing stores to halt disease spread. Merchants anxious about holiday sales. Mm-hmm. Four days ago, using his emergency powers, Governor emergency. Keating closed all schools, colleges, and universities and canceled sporting events and other public gatherings. The governor's Doesn't office that is... sound familiar? <laughs> yes. Remarkable. The governor's office is reportedly now weighing a decision to close stores. Merchants throughout the state have petitioned the governor's office to keep shops open, citing the importance of holiday season for business. Business be damned, apparently. Already shoppers are sparse, with many avoiding places where there are crowds. Malls across the country are nearly deserted. Now, <laughs> again. Well, yeah. they they missed the next one completely. They saw, talk about food shortages. They didn't say anything about toilet paper. <laughs> food shortages in some cities buying, many restaurants close due to slowdowns of transportation and reluctance of drivers to make deliveries to areas of smallpox cases some cities are beginning to experience shortages of milk bread and other staples panic buying has begun to occur in parts of philadelphia yeah that didn't really happen other than the the, the toilet paper there's toilet panic paper. buying just toilet paper toilet i don't know it, toilet paper because it scared the shit out of everybody <laughs> <laughs> They thought they could wipe out the disease. I don't know. Oh, you're on fire <laughs> I'll show myself. There. I'll show you, myself out. I'm sorry. You did take care, take care uh, of all that extra cocaine. That, that's charming. That's charming. <laughs> don't squeeze me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had Mr. some methamphetamines you before you came on, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm on a roll, but, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, 12 pack. Any better, folks. No, they're not going to get any better. I'm flush with them, though. <laughs> so. Okay. Did Crow fall asleep? I haven't heard, I haven't heard him caw in a while. Uh, he took the dog out. Oh, okay. So so that answers that question of who let the dogs out. That would have been who Crow. let the dogs out. 
DOD reluctance to release assets for civilian use. Pentagon spokesman cites readiness requirements as explanation for the Defense Department's reluctance to augment civilian healthcare system with supplies and personnel. As potential for conflict grows in the Middle East, defense experts contend that the military must maintain all strategic options. Okay, why are these things even being put together? If you have a military situation, you have a military situation. Period. You, you have oh, to take care of your they're looking at troops. it through the lens of the bioweapon uh, scenario here. Well, no, See, I realize that, but, the, but in, in reality, these are two separate situations that they're trying to kind of put together. Yeah, true, but you can see how they're trying. Well, that's because they have the Department of Defense involved. That's where most of the funding for a lot of this research on these different uh, biological things comes from, is from the Department of Defense. So you see Johns Hopkins has put together uh, a lot of this stuff specifically for the Department of Defense and DARPA and uh, the military-industrial complex. So that's where the money's come from, so they got to throw in militarized uses of this stuff yeah, with their scenarios as well. National Guard invaluable in crisis, special teams of little use. The National Guard has performed critical services in all states affected by the smallpox crisis, from establishing communication links between hospitals and public health agencies, to delivering vaccines, to providing security at emergency rooms overrun by anxious patients. The Guard has played many vital roles, but the specially trained teams designed to respond to chemical and bio attacks have found little call for their expertise. Uh, well, we didn't see that uh, in, in this situation. Uh, here's the other thing. I never once saw, after driving around in multiple hospitals, anything overrun or in need of anything. I did see some police hanging out out front in New Orleans where they were literally doing nothing except bullshit yeah, and no, drinking I, coffee. But... I visited the hospital twice during that period of time with my wife who legitimately needed to go there uh, and there was no, it was it was empty, um, almost completely deserted. There were, as you say, um, first responder people outside uh, apparently to prevent people from videoing. They were looking uh, at me to see if I was going to start um, uh, taking video images, but uh, no, they, other than try to take a temperature and that sort of stuff. Uh, anyway, Thanks, Dad. I appreciate that. <laughs> Memo delivered to Attorney General, federal role in disaster relief. The Stafford Disaster Relief and Emergency Assistance Act, called the Stafford Act, if the state requests federal assistance, the president may declare a national emergency for mobilization of federal resources in support of state efforts. Aid, for example, vaccines, may not be distributed in a discriminatory manner. Use of federal troops for law enforcement purposes, the Posse Comitatus Act. Here we go. Army and Air Force may not be used for law enforcement. DOD policy extends the prohibition to Navy and Marines. How about Space Force? National Guard in state status are not covered by the Posse Comitatus Act. Federal troops, including Federalized National Guard, may be used for law enforcement if the president invokes the Insurrection Act to quell civil disturbances. Other that's, exceptions and include... That's, that's why we that's have coming. these... Yep. Yeah, that's why we have these, uh, you know protests and uh, mm -hmm. riots and all of that stuff going excuse. on because they need that. Winner, right. winner, chicken dinner. Other exceptions includes preventing the loss of life or property during serious disturbances or calamities and protecting federal property and governmental functions. You mean like statues and things? Mm. Reserve mobilization. The president may order reserve units to active duty in response to a WMD incident, which is weapon of mass destruction. Or more like a weapon of mass distraction. Civil liberties, called the federal quarantine law. Public health law is primarily a stealth, 
uh, excuse me, a state concern. Judicial decisions indicate that forcible inoculation and quarantine of infected patients may be constitutional. Isn't that nice? Mm. Yeah, that's, and that's one of the other things that um, the uh, the summary in the Wikipedia article listed was uh, that there would be legal complications, and this is uh, this is specifically what came out of that. And let me just add here uh, with this whole idea: judicial decisions indicate that forcible inoculation and quarantine of infected patients may be constitutional. Well, but not you... those who are yeah non-symptomatic. Oh, but here's the thing: if you test positive, they are they considering you an infected patient? See, that's where they got you. Yeah, just create a PCR test that says, oh, you're alive, you've got COVID. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> the secretary oh, of the HHS has the authority to issue regulations that authorize federal agencies to respond to the spread of a communicable disease across state lines, likely including quarantine of patients, forcible blood draws and inoculations, disposal oh, of bodies shit. in ways contrary to personal beliefs, and related restrictions on liberty. Again! With how much they touted how bad this thing is currently, none of these things happened because none of those things Not were yet. happening. I got to tell you, the forcible blood drop, yeah, they're, they're going to have to <laughs> – that's the only way they're going to get the blood from me. Um, well, <laughs> they are coercing people through this testing. I mean they could be getting all they need from the you know just this this testing. Maybe that's what they're looking for. Yeah. The Secretary of HHS has not promulgated any regulations under this authority. Director of the CDC may take measures, likely including the list set forth above, to prevent the spread of a communicable disease upon determining that a state is not acting sufficiently to prevent the spread of that disease. And I think, once again, that's where the whole situation with these governors and stuff comes into play. That's why, uh, you know, you'll notice the president stood down and let it up to state to state to decide how they're going to react to this situation right now. And uh, as we see all the problems occurring with the governors and how things are falling down on them, this gives uh, justification for the feds to step yep. in and take over the response. Yep. Jason, read bullet point number two under quelling civil disturbances with the Insurrection Act. Take uh, go to. Oh, wait. Well, let's finish this one. A person okay. yep. who has a communicable disease in the communicable period shall not travel from one state or possession to another without a permit from the health officer of the state if such a permit is required under the law of the destination state. This sounds a bit like what Texas was doing. All right. Quelling civil disturbances, the Insurrection Act. State and local governments have primary responsibility for quelling rebellions. The president may use the military, including the federalized National Guard, to quell one, civil disturbances in a state upon the governor's request, Two, rebellions that make it difficult to enforce federal law. Or three, any insurrection that impedes a state's ability to protect citizens' constitutional rights and that state is unable to or is or unwilling unwilling. to it's protect a, these yeah. rights. Yeah, they, it's a, a misspelling there. Thing. Uh, but that is that is a huge one. That point number three right there is a broad swath. That, that gives a broad latitude to do whatever they want uh, to say, oh, it, it, it impedes our ability to protect citizens' constitutional rights. So we're going to take them away. <laughs> right. It's, it's a very right this way. Right Happy there. camp. Yep. Very vague statement right there. It gives them justification to do whatever they want. I mean, that's that's kind of a loophole right there. And, and Jason said it right. Come to our FEMA. I mean, happy camp. <laughs> you, you, you can you can play uh, all your video games there. We'll get, we get you some Wi-Fi. 
Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Make sure you sanitize your hands. Before committing U.S. troops, the president must issue a proclamation for rebellious citizens to disperse, cease, and desist. Some but government. not U.N. troops. Stand down and stand by. No, wait. Mm. Uh, but not U.N. troops. Yeah, right. U.N. troops. Yeah. Mm, blue hats. Because we need, an, we need an intervention, according uh, to some on the left. Some government attorneys believe that the Insurrection Act is subject to a very liberal interpretation. Bing, okay. bing, bing, no. bing, bing. And that sets us up for the very, for the next section. Uh, and Jason, the next we, section, indeed, yeah, is quite quite a quite a big one, isn't it? Martial yes, it rule. The Constitution charges the president to take care that the laws be faithfully executed, and the Congress to call forth the militia to execute the laws of the Union. Next part: Martial law depends for its justification upon public necessity. Necessity gives rise to its creation. Necessity justifies its exercise, and necessity limits its duration. Huh, duration. The extent of the military force used and the actual measures taken, consequently, will depend upon the actual threat to order and public safety which exists at the time. The president normally announces his decision by a proclamation, which should detail the substance of the martial rule. So... Uh, I don't know if we're really considered under martial rule right now, but I'll tell you one thing we definitely haven't ever heard, and that's a duration. Yeah, well, and note, note in uh, the first point that the Congress shall call forth the militia, but they have, uh, by curtailing the Second Amendment, uh, certainly pretty much gotten rid of that. The militia was supposed to be, each state was supposed to have uh, a militia to fend off the federal government if it got a little too imposing, and quite the opposite has occurred. There are judicial decisions and scholarly articles indicating that the president has some meta-constitutional authority to act in times of national emergency. Wow, that's a word. Meta-constitutional? Yeah, what exactly? That, that, let's define that, shall we? There's oh, wait, the they didn't. term in here. <laughs> yep. The preconditions for martial rule are unclear, but it is likely that the preconditions for imposing martial rule are satisfied if a crisis threatens to undermine the stability of the U.S. government. The parameters for martial rule are unclear, such as whether martial rule could be imposed over entire swaths of the United States, or whether martial rule must be confined only to areas in which the crisis is occurring. Options for martial rule include, but are not limited to, prohibition of free assembly, national travel ban, quarantine of certain areas, suspension of the writ of habeas corpus, which is arrest without due process, and or military trials in the event that the court system becomes dysfunctional. Well, we haven't seen that either. <laughs> yeah, what are we seeing going on right now? Uh, all these things in spades right yeah. now. Oh, by the way, metaconstitutional, um, it basically holds that uh, in lieu of a formalized constitution, it's pre-constitutional rules of accepted axiomatic policy. So in other words, whatever they want, it, it just allows them to go outside the constitution uh, to say it's a metaconstitutional authority uh, because he acts as the um, commander in chief of the military. Therefore, he can do whatever he wants. Well, he's the uh, director of the corporation, so he can <laughs> right. make whatever dictate he wants within the corporation. Sure. Mm. Options for martial rule. You want to get to that one? Last bullet. All right. Oh, I just read that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, that one. That one is uh, suspension of writ of habeas corpus, arrest without due process. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, this basically they're just saying, yeah, we can um, do whatever we want. Prohib- prohibition of free assembly, national travel ban, quarantine, suspension of writ of habeas corpus, uh, and military trials. So they can do 
I mean, you, you, you want to cry the Constitution? No, it's not going to. No. All right, one second. Oh, as long as they could declare this state of emergency or they have this uh, justification because of this uh, state of emergency, they could do all of this stuff. Sure. Well, what we've seen here in the last few months is sort of, the again, the litmus test of uh, whether people will go for it. When they issue – when governors issue proclamations that have no basis in legal authority and yet they get enforced as though they do, people accept that it's, it is. it is. Uh, and the presidents uh, of the last de- – of really the, the last century have been issuing presidential executive orders by the – handful, uh, hundreds of them. Uh, and each one is now uh, considered to have legal authority, even though there is no basis for that. Uh, so at any moment, I mean, this just seems to be, to me, a test uh, of whether or not it will be accepted. It certainly appears that uh, people will accept it. So all they have to do is simply announce it. And it doesn't matter if it's uh, Cheeto Jesus or the, the sniffing corpse. Uh, it doesn't matter which <laughs> one does it. Uh, all they have to do is say uh, this is a case of national it's emergency, and uh, this last option here, uh, martial law, uh, they can do whatever they want. And you think North Korea is bad? Um, no, you haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> Wait till the sniffing corpse comes in. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry about that. Just, oh man! Rectal extraction. I just pulled that one right out of my butt. All right. Memo given to the president, national security advisor, secretary of HHS, and the FEMA director. The deputies committee recommends focusing meeting and decision-making on the following issues. Given vaccine shortage, how can the spread of smallpox be contained? How can we best balance disease containment, economic disruption, and protection of civil liberties? Should the National Guard troops be federalized? Should overseas deployment continue? What federal actions should be taken in order to care for the sick? What additional assistance can the federal government provide to states? What should the American people be told? Ta-da! There's the all-important question right there. What should the American people be told? Guess what, guys? There's this virus, and, you know, it, like, is deadly and stuff. <laughs> and you may not know you have it, but you have it, and you can give it to your grandma. <laughs> but here, wear a mask, and that will, uh, you know, mitigate the, your, your chances of getting it. And stay six feet from everybody, and don't go out. Don't go out of the house. Don't get sunlight. Don't get fresh air. Uh, don't go to church. Don't do anything you would normally do. Just shop at these big box retailers uh, and and listen to what we tell you and wait until we develop the vaccine. And then maybe you could, you know, maybe start to do a little something. Maybe you could maybe go back to work then. And that's about it. (laughs) That's their plan. Let's see. We are on page 29. All right. Next, we're down to... Memo to Attorney General FBI Director, Weapons of Mass Destruction Unit Assessment. There is a very high probability that this attack was conducted by either a state or a state-sponsored international terrorist organization. The probability that a domestic terrorist organization or individual acting without state sponsorship conducted this attack is virtually zero. There is a high probability that former Soviet scientists were involved in the development of this weapon. The individuals who launched this attack likely departed the U.S. more than a week ago. However, there is no way at this time to determine if additional attacks were made in other states. The only indications we will have of such attacks will occur in 9 to 14 days following such an attack is when the first clinical symptoms appear. Discussion. While plague, anthrax, or ricin weapons could be developed plague. and delivered by... I'm sorry? I just said plague. <laughs> <laughs> 
while they could be developed and delivered by well-funded and technically sophisticated domestic terrorist organizations, the acquisition, production, and delivery of a smallpox weapons would pose far too many challenges for any known or suspected domestic organizations. The plague bacteria can be found in many rats above the 5,000-foot level in Colorado. Anthrax is endemic in many parts of the world. Both can be readily acquired in laboratories and universities, both here and abroad. Most undergraduate chemistry students could extract ricin from castor beans. However, an initial sample of the smallpox virus probably came from the Soviet Union, or perhaps a country such as North Korea, where we know that as recently as two years ago, special forces soldiers were still receiving smallpox vaccinations. The production, or maybe Fort Detrick. <laughs> Sorry, had to put that in there. Yeah. The production and weaponization of this sample would far exceed the technical capabilities of any known or suspected domestic, or for that, international terrorist organizations. This is most likely either a state-sponsored national terrorist attack or an act of war. By the way, if you had access to uh, the vaccine, wouldn't you be able to extract the virus from that if indeed it existed? Yeah, that's a good question. You would think so, right? Because what what else would they be putting in there? <laughs> you know what I'm Happy saying? juice. Yeah, it's happy, happy juice at the happy cans. Also, I noticed another uh, misspelling here. Castor beans is misspelled. I, I find it uh, remarkable that there are so many. Um, I, I've of, caught three three or four um, very blatant errors in this document. There's lots of uh, grammatical and spelling errors. It's very odd. Mm. Well, right. that happens even to the, uh, you know, most the elites. educated. <laughs> the most educated of personages. President's remarks delivered immediately following uh, the review of the news summaries. Good morning. I am sorry to announce that the Secretary of State is ill. He has oh, been shit. hospitalized at Bethesda Naval Hospital. I know all of our prayers are with him. All persons Lots at this meeting should have been vaccinated by now. We have with us Deputy Secretary of State, Mr. Bud St. Germain. St. Germain, huh? To review the major events of the last five days, as far as we can determine, there's no evidence of additional bioterrorist attacks beyond what were apparently the three attacks in Oklahoma, Georgia, and Pennsylvania on or around December 1st. The FBI and the CIA are vigorously pursuing all leads, but so far, there is no forensic evidence or clear smoking gun that identifies the perpetrators of these crimes. We will shortly hear about details of the nation's response to the epidemic from Dr. O'Toole and from FEMA Director Hauer. Our vaccination strategy has proceeded relatively smoothly in Oklahoma. My compliments to Governor Keating, and thank you for being with us today. Unfortunately, the lack of vaccine and efforts in various states to stop the spread of smallpox have led to some serious economic disruptions and, in some areas, civil unrest. More on this in a moment. Lastly, as to events in the Gulf, Iraq has not moved troops away from the Kuwaiti border, despite our warnings. The good news is they haven't advanced either. I understand there are serious questions about our ability to both proceed with military action in SWA and provide DOD assets in support of our response to the smallpox crisis here at home. We will hear an update on the epidemic from Dr. O'Toole and then quickly turn to some key issues and decisions. As you know, I've scheduled a press conference for two hours from now. You know, this whole thing is written like we're watching an episode of House of Cards instead of reality. Yeah, but it man. also plays out just like we're seeing today. Instead of Dr. Tara O'Toole, you've got Dr. Anthony Fauci. Yeah. Um, it, it's all playing out just exactly um, to, to, I mean, you know, just insert the different names and uh, a different um, uh, pathogen, uh, except for the pathogen they call here, which is, uh, you, you know, the in suspected pathogen or the presumptive one, smallpox. <sighs> Apparently, actually did something. Uh, the one we see now, you know, it, it, it's so bad you have to get tested. 
<laughs> to know if you've got it. <laughs> oh dear. <clears throat> okay. All right. So in their situation, they have the status, 2000 cases in 15 States, isolated cases in Canada, Mexico, and the UK, 300 dead. As of today, all cases appear due to the three initial attacks, no forensic evidence, pH investigation points to three shopping malls at sites of exposure. Okay, well, 300 people dead is not a big deal. I mean, yeah, it but sucks, again, they're using but... they're using a high R not value, uh, indicating that if they ran it out, uh, it would be uh, really bad. Uh, so the R not is basically how quickly it um, it duplicates and moves on. Um, so they they put it above one to like 1.4, and it's really pretty bad. So. Let's compare and contrast that to what's going on today. Go ahead and uh, take a moment to explain that. Uh, yeah, so they initially, um, you know, they anticipated uh, an R naught value of about 1.2 with this current thing, and, and what it actually came out to was like 0.03, even if all the numbers that they uh, claim were true, which of course we know it's not. Um, when they revised the numbers, even the CDC, the numbers that they came out with indicated that um, you know 94% uh, had uh, an average comorbidity, comorbidity of 2.5, 2.6. <laughs> And then their response to that was, well, everybody's got co- everybody's got one foot in the grave and one foot on a <laughs> banana peel. What are you kidding me? Everybody's dying. Uh, so, uh, again, it's been nonsense since day one. So, in fact, um, I can let's see if I can find what the um, R-naught value is currently uh, for it. It's, it's extremely low. Um, uh, Did Crow ever come see. back? I don't think so. Um, I didn't see any messages. So, let's see right. what the... Oh, well. Uh, so what is it? Um, he's still on the line. Oh, well. All right. Maybe he's doing something else. Yeah, so if it's a bit greater than one, of course, it's going to be a pandemic. Um, yeah, they were trying to say it was uh, – they were trying to say it was 2.5, which would have been just crazy high. Um, I don't – I'm trying to find what it, what its current level is. Um What's the number right now? They're saying it's between 1.1 and 1.4. That's nonsense. There's no fucking way. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. There is absolutely no no way uh, that it actually has a value that high. Um, I, I, um, even from the numbers that they're showing, it would be it would be less than 0.5. Um, so, uh, I, you know, they're they're saying 1.4. There, there's no way. They're saying in the UK it's 1.1 to 1.4. That's absolutely not possible. All right. So, so if you want to if you want to look it up, you can just I mean it's a pretty easy thing to um, you know to Google and find out what the R not value what what it is. Explain and, what the R not value is in case folks don't know. Yeah, it's basically a um, reproduction number uh, of the the way that um, any disease's ability to spread and how how quickly it spreads. Um, so if and these are approximations, uh, right? Like this is like they we are. think this is what this would do. Yep, it's all done on models, and they're, you know, if you, all numbers drawn out of the thin air or run through. Is a this computer like the, the numbers that they were spouting at us eight months ago, saying five bazillion people were going to yes. die everywhere, and uh, the world's population will be decimated? So shut it all down. Yes. Yeah, and they put it up around two point four or some crap like that. And uh, if you uh, if you go back to the um, to the movie called Contagion, uh, where they first introduced the terms, uh, we even Sanjay Gupta was in that uh, film. Uh, but if they uh, they introduced the term social distancing uh, and a variety of other things, it's very similar to what you see uh, happening now. It's just it was, again another is it it basically this, but done in a film. 
but uh, yeah, they they introduced the uh, R naught value there, and they were saying that that per particular uh, contagion, that pathogen, had an R naught value of about four. Uh, so they it was you know worldwide in very very uh, yeah exactly. Natalie says it's interesting. How it's called R naught, right? Um, but it's actually like an R zero, like not you know in a U G H T, not being nothing. It's it's basically a value. Um, you know, uh, they were they were saying that the one of the highest ones they saw was 15 on uh, our value of 15. I just can't even imagine that, um, because anything over one is extremely contagious. But what um, what we're seeing here, uh, again, they're claiming 1.1 to 1.4 in the UK. It's impossible. It's certainly not what we're seeing. Um, even even if everything that they they said would va- was valid and the numbers that we saw in the U.S. were absolutely valid, which we know they're not, um, it would be on the order of 0.4 or something like that. Um, just and again, everything is based on models. So uh, what they're presenting to us is absolute poppycock. It is just it's garbage. It's entirely fear porn. Everything that they've thrown at us since the beginning of this supposed, I mean, again, the pandemic, whatever they want to call it, everything that they've given to us in the mainstream media is absolute bovine scatology. All right. So I'm trying to flip through this document since we're really winding to the end here. Is there anything in here that you've seen, guys, that we should uh, we should try and go through and compare to what's going on now? Uh, there's one down here, uh, public health actions taken, slide seven. That's lower down the page that we were just uh, just on page uh, thirty-two here. Thirty-two, yeah, yeah, page thirty-two. Uh, we should probably look at that. Schools closed yeah, nationwide. Public gatherings limited in affected states. States' efforts to limit non-essential travel vary. Airports, rail, buses closed, reopened. Transport slowdown causing local shortages. National Information Center established by HHS. Frequent media internet updates on epidemic. Information on on how public can prevent transmission. And who should get vaccinated. Well, if you ask anybody today, it's everyone, including your pet rock, should get vaccinated. HHS establishing secure Internet side for uh, medical public health community. Three U.S. drug manufacturers agree to make the vaccine six million doses a month in five weeks. All countries with vaccine contacted. Only the U.K. is willing to donate vaccine 500,000 doses to be delivered. Netherlands, Denmark, Germany have agreed to begin vaccine manufacture. First delivery at least three months. U.S. access to vaccine under discussion. Russia offering to provide 4 million doses of vaccine. Collaborating with EU, UN on international vaccination documentation for purposes of ensuring continued trade and travel. UN uh, Security Council, World Health Organization, and World Medical Association condemned the use of the bioweapon in U.S. Well, that's great. I'm sure that's going to... Go bang pots and pans, too. Mr. President, Deputies Committee will have disease containment options available to you in one hour. FEMA remarks, healthcare systems struggling under stress. In a number of states, the National Guard is being used to support the struggling healthcare system. Guardsmen are delivering food and critical supplies and maintaining security at hospitals, but there are insufficient numbers to do all that is required. FEMA has been receiving disturbing reports from many parts of the country that medical care for non-smallpox-related illnesses are being significantly disrupted by the epidemic, citing growth. And we've seen that going on now, too, haven't we? Yep. All, all, all medical care not related to COVID has really been significantly disrupted. Uh, it's to the point where people, you, you can't even get like a normal doctor's appointment. You have to do it over the phone. And a lot of people have missed critical treatments and stuff 
because yep. of this whole situation. Yep, we've heard so. that over and over again. That's that's horrible. Yep. The, the bottom line with that stuff is like you can't put the rest of life on hold because of the fucking flu. I don't care how right. bad that but flu it's not is. it's not even as deadly as the flu. I mean, the the you know, we we're talking about the R non value, but the but the other aspects of that, right? Their their primary aspects are um you've got the reproduction, which is the R not value. There's severity, and what we see is the severity is nothing. And then the number of cases, and that's the one they keep trying to um overstate. And so those are the three biggies when you when you look at um, you know, any kind of epidemic uh, and epidemiology is you got the R not the reproduction of the R not value, the severity and the number of cases. Well, well, the severity is way low, and they're lying about both the number of cases and the reproduction value. Uh, so uh, what they've done is, as you say, Jason, they, they've essentially shut down all other medical care, causing people to literally die uh, from uh, it, it, you know, completely preventable. Uh, things, uh, and uh, the the number of suicide cases has uh, gone up by almost a, almost an order of magnitude, a factor of ten, in many places. It is, um, and they're acknowledging it, but they continue uh, to to push uh, to push this nonsense, e- even in the face of the fact that it's, it's absolutely bullshit. Uh, and and yet they they will shut down, uh, as we see on social media, they will shut down anybody uh, who says otherwise. And what we can clearly see in front of us, um, they say, nope, we're going with the lie. Uh, it is it's remarkable what we're seeing around us in this day. All right, we'll finish this part out and then I guess we'll sign off. Citing growing shortages of medical supplies and increasingly dangerous conditions for patients. In the last few th- uh, in the last few hours, three states have requested HHS seek human and material resources via the Joint Task Force for Civil Support of the Joint Forces Command. Red Cross volunteers have been setting up shelters with cots in some areas where healthcare facilities have become non-functional, though numbers of volunteers are fewer than have been available during recent disasters. Fear of contagion is presumably keeping people away. Let's uh, let's let's talk about that. Do you think at this point people are afraid of contagion and are doing stuff? Now, I'm not talking about, yeah, people are wearing stupid freaking masks. But do you think they're not doing shit at this point other than what they're not allowed to do, like something fun like go see a band play? Well, my view on this and from what I've seen in the area I'm in is you do have that small group of people that is, you know, legitimately afraid that they're going to get sick with this and die. And but then the vast majority of the people you see, they're just kind of going along to get along. They'll put on the stupid mask and go do what they need to do. And they're all upset and like don't like the idea that they can't go to a concert or or go sit down in a restaurant without a hassle or you know what I mean, or anything like that or, or do the things they would normally do. Uh, and, you know, they they don't really question it much further than that from what I see. But they, they see it as being an inconvenient and they they come with the point of view. Oh, it's only a mask and that kind of thing. So they'll go about their business and do their thing wearing their stupid mask and going around. But uh, y- you know that they're getting upset that they can't do the things they like to do, like go to a concert, go to a sporting event, anything like that. And, uh, you know, I think it's more out of fear of government than actually fear of the disease that they do this or they feel the moral obligation that they should like they've been kind of uh, hit with this message that uh, oh you're selfish if you don't wear the mask that kind of thing or you know uh, it's your your duty as a human being to protect other human beings in this way where they're really bought into this whole mind control this idea that you could be an asymptomatic carrier of this and spread it around which is yeah. absolutely positively 
absurd on the face of it. And, 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 and we've worse, talked about this before. And it's it, it's go ahead. No, I say even even worse is that uh, even even what if there was some presumptive pathogen, which I'm highly skeptical about. Um, but even if there was, the numbers even that they're showing us right indicate uh, almost no contagion, almost no, nothing happening on uh, those under the age of 18. Uh, and yet, the ones that are suffering the most throughout all of this, as per usual, are the least able to defend themselves. That are the children, um, that they are being forcibly made to wear masks. Uh, it disrupted their lives. The indoctrination camps at school, already uh, a disaster, uh, has now become like prison. Uh, they they treat them as though they're in prison, and they're becoming indoctrinated and used to that. It's becoming for them a kind of normalcy, and uh, I can't stand to see it. It's uh, It hurts me deeply to see uh, the children uh, be it, so deeply yeah, affected by this um, because they don't really have a choice. There's nothing. No, oh, it's terrible. It's operant conditioning. That's what it is. It's conditioning them to accept this as being normal. And if they don't know any better, they haven't they haven't been around long enough to really know what our world is like without this. And, you know, it's 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 a shame. It really, truly is, because they'll think this is normal and they'll grow up believing that human beings are poison. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And yes, and that surveillance, that's psychologically damaging. And I've talked to actual psychologists and psychiatrists and and, you know, medical professionals in the psychiatry uh, um, profession who will tell you the same thing. This is extremely harmful for children. Uh, You know, I I could tell you I know numerous people like in those types of professions and and those types of capacities professionally that will say this, that uh, this whole thing going on with the schools is – extremely harmful psychologically to these children yes i agree so um well i think we've made the point don't you yeah this um it seems uh pretty pretty uh, pretty clear that what we see in this document from nearly two decades ago uh follows again in lockstep with with what we see happening now that all of these things uh, seem to be again scripted and played out just as they were written uh, these things do not happen organically uh, you know uh, were virally <laughs> if you will uh, they are uh, scripted and the whole, all the world is a stage and uh, only when the scales fall off your eyes and you can see it for what it is can you respond appropriately uh, yeah and again um, we uh, wrestle not against flesh and blood. I mean, you're not going to go out there with a you know hatchet and fix this problem. Um, but uh, you know, people always say, "Is there any hope?" Sure, there's always hope. That that hope is within you, right? And so uh, your behavior, your decision, everything around you is affected by uh, the way you think and what you choose to do. So it, it is uh, you. You know, again, you cannot change the, perhaps the world, but you can change the world around you and literally, physically manifest change around you by your thought process. So that's what I got. Wayne, you want any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, I just want to encourage people, don't be afraid, okay? Uh, fear is the mind weapon, as we've said before. Uh, the good Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but a, a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. So use that sound mind and be able to dispel the BS when you see it, uh, because that's largely what's going on. And uh, they they implement this idea of fear for control. And that's exactly what they're doing uh, with this kind of a scenario or with this kind of thing that's going on. They're trying to utilize this fear to make people fall in line and do what they want and, and be complacent about it. 
And uh, there's there's a bigger agenda at play here. And their end game for it comes down to the vaccination at this point. And uh, what's in that vaccination, I think, will certainly be harmful, extremely harmful for a lot of people. When you actually look at a document like this Dark Winter document where it outright admits that uh, the vaccine in this scenario would potentially be able be uh, deadly to one in 5,000 people it's given to. So uh, when they're talking about something like this in one of these tabletop exercise events that they do, and they do a ton of these things, I have information on a lot of these different things. When they're telling you something like that in there and that they're willing to actually go ahead and try to, uh, you know, mandate uh, mass vaccination on a scale with something like that, they're not uh, concerned with your well-being if that's the case, if the if the cure is worse than the disease, you're better off to just get the disease if there's a real disease, honestly. And I, I think we're seeing that uh, cropping up all over with all the agendas tied to this vaccine for this thing that's going on now. So I just would encourage people, don't be afraid. Don't consent to it. Remove your consent from their system and their house of cards falls. And uh, regardless of who winds up being the president at the end of this election, doesn't matter. In in the end, the only one that wins in an election is the government. So, uh, you know, keep that in mind, and you know, don't uh, don't be afraid. Don't move forward fearfully. We need to speak up, stand up, uh, gather together in enough numbers, and speak out against this stuff. And their whole house of cards falls. There you have it. All right, at midnight, Crow EST mind you crow will be releasing uh the new episode with alana freeland where we talk about uh geoengineering a whole heck of a lot and also nanotechnology really good stuff and we also just recorded with mr owen benjamin that'll be um i think that's the next one after that i always forget we're a couple episodes ahead i'm getting confused but yes we did just record with mr owen benjamin and then also we have a a new color episode coming up and then we have mr ken Scott of Gemstone University. That's our next couple episodes on Crow Triple Seven. But the one being released tonight for our Thursday episode this week is Alana Freeland. All right, everybody, that is going to do it. Thank you so much for being here. I'm glad to see so many people came out after not being here for three weeks. That's awesome sauce. And uh, we will see you soon. Awesome sauce. Is that tasty gravy? It is. It's uh, All right. <laughs> it's what, I, what I ladle and ladle and ladle upon the masses. Perfect. All right, everybody. And don't forget, I'll be with uh, your lovely uh, and talented uh, lady, Rose Triple Seven, tomorrow morning early for the Poppycock Report, and we'll cover all the crazy stuff that's going on around us in the U.S. and All elsewhere. the cock and so, the poppy. The the poppy and the cock. That's right. There's all kinds of theme stuff song going by on, Mr. So. Drake Lark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so we'll be uh, make sure and look forward to that. It's uh, why so freaking early? Well, it's six o'clock on the west because coast. Because reasons. So. We'll, because of reasons, that's right. <laughs> right on. Hey, thanks again, Jason and Wayne. It's always great to be here with you. And uh, tell Crow I, I said uh, uh, same to him. Always a, always a pleasure. I know he had to run off and do some things, but uh, always, always great hanging out with you guys. Absolutely. All right, guys. Have a great night. Take care. Take care.
Oh, to see 